When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty. A minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked a young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Marinero, it is going to be sick. And welcome. Welcome, of course, to the Sick Podcast uh, on this Monday, June 12th, brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, recently named by Deloitte and CIBC as one of Canada's best managed companies. The country's leading business award recognizing innovative and world-class companies, the best managed Canadian companies. Designation fuels energy's purpose of creating progress for their customers, their employees, and their communities. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. As a matter of fact, I saw David Grassi of Energy Transportation Group earlier this morning on the road as he was driving his truck. He was going one way and I was riding my Vespa going the other way very, very early on this morning, as a matter of fact. All right. Okay. So hello to Dave. Nice to see you, Dave. Also brought to you in part by these guys here. They are Labitta TB, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. Labitta TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. Labitta TB, embrace your true nature. And also brought to you in part by Playground, where I was uh, hanging out last night with my neighbor Fastville and Agnello and Sammy and Master Control. Playground, your premier gaming destination. Playground's Summer Million is the must-play poker event of the season, featuring 10 championship ring events, $1 million in guaranteed prize pools, and a $500,000 guaranteed main event located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal, it is playground. For most of the season, 
Pierre-Luc Dubois' name was brought up on Montreal radio, on Montreal television, and on Montreal podcasts, and yes, right here on the SICK podcast. Pierre-Luc Dubois linked to the Montreal Canadiens. Pierre-Luc Dubois, a former draft pick of the Columbus Blue Jackets, who was drafted third overall. Back in the day, we heard the Montreal Canadiens were very much interested in his services. And um, pardon me, he was... Uh, let, let's bring up his hockey DB if we can right now. Because I said the uh, the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Let's get to it. And uh, he was drafted third overall. The Canadians back in the day were thinking, and I'm talking about prior to the 2016 NHL draft, they were thinking that he was going to get drafted number four by Edmonton, or he was going to be available at number four because they thought, you know what? Um, Matthews will go first. Liney will go second. Pugliarvi will go three. Dubois will be available at four. And they tried to trade P.K. Subban to the Edmonton orders to get Edmonton's fourth pick. They wanted to draft Dubois. So the previous management team, of the Canadians was in love with Pierre-Luc Dubois. The previous, pre, the, the previous director of amateur scouting, I believe, also liked Pierre-Luc Dubois very much as well. And now years later, with a new general manager and a new VP of hockey ops and a new director of amateur scouting, it seems like the Canadians are still very much members of the Pierre-Luc Dubois fan club. Uh, we were hearing that he was not going to resign in Winnipeg. and uh, But now the talks have even accelerated and accentuated why because uh, Pierre Lebrun one of the premier insiders in the game has come out already and said that you know what Pierre Luc Dubois wants out of Winnipeg right away he would have one year left so his contract is up paying him six million dollars and you know instead of re-signing for one year and then wanting to test the market He's asking for a trade right now. So we're hearing that several teams are in the mix, notably the Los Angeles Kings, and yes, of course, the Montreal Canadiens. One guy who's everything Winnipeg Jets. He and I go way back because we used to work for the same company back in the day. He worked in Winnipeg. I worked in Montreal. He is Andrew Patterson. Andrew, what's going on? Tony, how are you, my man? It's nice great to, to be on uh you're you're new at your new home, the sick podcast. Great to right. great to be with you. Thank you very much. Speaking of podcasts, we have something in common because you yourself run a pretty good one. Thank you very much. You co-host uh Winnipeg Sports Talk, and the people can check you out. Your social media handle is sports talk WPG. And so you talk a lot of Winnipeg Jets, and I'm sure you have an opinion. On Pierre-Luc Dubois, the saga that never ends, it's probably going to end when he gets traded. So, Andrew, I'm going to ask you right off the bat, your opinion of Pierre-Luc Dubois, the hockey player. Well, Tony, my opinion of Pierre-Luc, I guess it depends on which Pierre-Luc Dubois you get. Um, at the Listen, he's an incredibly talented player. And as we see right now in the playoffs, the type of player you need to be able to compete to win four rounds in the Stanley Cup playoffs, he's got a very, very unique makeup. And he is certainly, he makes a lot of general managers salivate when they see the good side of Pierre-Luc Dubois. Unfortunately, um, (laughs) he's incredibly inconsistent is the best way that I can put it. Um, He can be absolutely dominant. And the best example, I would say that for folks, if they want to see the good and the bad of Pierre-Luc Dubois, is watch round one of the Vegas Golden Knights, a series where the Jets played Vegas. 
Game number one, Dubois was the best player on the ice, absolutely took over that game, was a brute force in the Vegas end, was good defensively, was engaged for 200 minutes, was pissing them off at every turn, and the Jets went into Vegas, won game number one, and felt really good about where they were at. Well, Vegas pushed back and you know won a couple games. He was okay at home. And then the other side of the Pierre-Luc Dubois is the guy that we saw in game five. Um, everyone recalls the shift as to how he ended his career in Columbus, basically just, you know, skating at half pace through a shift to the point where they basically forced him to make that deal. Um, there was a number of people in Winnipeg that thought that game five for the Winnipeg Jets and Pierre-Luc Dubois was a compilation of those shifts. Um, so he can be frustrating because you know how good he can be at his mm -hmm. Unfortunately, in Winnipeg at times, he seemed disengaged, mm -hmm. uninterested, and any player, it doesn't matter how talented you are, if yeah. they're in that spot, um, you know, it, it, you don't get the results and it hampers your team. I'm not saying that if he goes to Montreal or LA or wherever, he'll be that guy. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you what we've seen from basically the better part of the last two and a half years as yeah. he has been a Winnipeg jet. We've seen some, we've seen some great examples of how effective and important he can be. And the guy that the Winnipeg jets thought they were getting when they traded Patrick line and Jack Rosovic to get him. Unfortunately, we've also seen some times where he has had a, a, a difficult time playing up to those expectations. And uh, with Pierre Dubois, Dubois, it kind of depends on when you're watching him yeah, as you. to which Pierre-Luc Dubois you're getting. Andrew, tough question for you, but I'll ask you anyway, because it's probably pretty hard to quantify because you don't have the stats or the games in front of you. But if I were to say to you, Andrew, just off the top of your head, if you can guess in the last two and a half years that you've watched Pierre-Luc Dubois play, and let's classify great games, good games, and bad games. Great games, good games, bad games. Give me a percentage that will end up totaling 100%. What would you say great would be? Uh, I would say great would be sort of 15 to 20%. We'll call it 20. Let's be. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt on let's that. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt and give him 20 Good games. Good games, probably in and around 50%. Um, you know, 40 to 50% where he was fine. You know, I mean, not not jumping off the page or anything, Tony, yeah. but not killing or hurting his team. Bad I'd games. say 50%. So if good is 20, and if pardon me, if, if great is 20 and good is 50, then bad would be 30. Yeah, I think that's sort of fair. I mean, there are times where, and listen, so probably more bad games than great games, but more good games than bad games. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, if you averaged it all out, the great and the bad might eh, might be close to even. Maybe maybe 25 25 on the other side. Like the thing with Dubois is is that you know it's easy for a lot of players to say, "Oh, he was awesome just because of the production." Mm -hmm. But what Dubois has that so many players don't have is that ability to affect the game in a number of different ways when he is on. I, I mean, he draws as many penalties as almost anyone in the NHL. Unfortunately, he almost takes as many. So, you know what? If the other team's power play is good and they're killing you, that's not doesn't help you out. 
on the other side of things, when he is engaged, he might spend a little bit of time in the box, but can be really effective. And then your power play is working. Even if he's not there, that yeah. can really help the team. Um, he is, uh, he's at times been a real enigma here, uh, Tony. Um, there has been some great, great games from Pierre-Luc Dubois. As I say, game number one, I came on Winnipeg Sports Talk afterwards and said, folks, for anyone that was doubting why they traded Pierre-Luc Dubois, why they gave up what they did to get him, we saw it last night. That is the blueprint for a guy that can take over games yeah. and be an absolute difference maker, an impact player that was the difference in a game. And then after game number five, we heard mm -hmm. Rick Bonus say, our best players didn't show up. Their best players were so much better than our player. That's who he was talking about. Yeah, no, I hear you. was at the top of that list. And he was probably talking about Kyle Connor, and he was talk, probably Definitely. talking about Blake Wheeler as well. Now, uh, look, uh, Aaron Port's line of The Athletic, formerly of the Columbus Blue uh, Dispatch, has been covering the Columbus Blue Jackets for the longest time, and he covered Pierre-Luc Dubois when Pierre-Luc Dubois was a Columbus Blue Jacket. Aaron Port's line joined us back in the third week of April right here on the SICK Podcast, and he recounted the story how it ended for Pierre-Luc Dubois in Columbus. And he said, listen, here's the deal. Pierre-Luc Dubois wanted out of Columbus and specifically wanted to go to Montreal. There was talk that the Canadians were going to offer sheet him. Columbus made a couple of trades to get rid of a couple of players to make sure that they could have enough money should Montreal have offer sheeted him, they would have matched. He wasn't happy with that. He wasn't happy with the fact they weren't accommodating him for his trade requests. And that infamous shift of 20 seconds where he did nothing and looked like the most disinterested person in the world was his way of saying to them, so you don't want to trade me? Well, this is what I'm going to give you the rest of the way. It ended up being his last shift in Columbus on their head coach, John Tortorella, and then they traded him. They traded him to Winnipeg in return for an unhappy Patrick Liney, two unhappy players changing address. Now he's been in Winnipeg for a couple of years, and now we're hearing the entire hockey world is hearing he not only wants out of Winnipeg, but he wants to go to the Montreal Canadiens. And of course, because he's from La Belle Province, there's a lot of pressure on the Montreal Canadiens to go out and acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois because if he ends up going to another team when he wanted to come here, uh, some members of the management team are going to get absolutely crucified by some members of the media and some members of the fan base because not everyone is the president of the Pierre-Luc Dubois fan club. Everyone has an opinion. So here's Aaron Port's line opinion from that conversation that we had back on the third week of April. Listen carefully. Knowing what you saw, knowing what you know, knowing the player he's turned into now. Yes. Would you have any reservations whatsoever if you were the Montreal Canadiens and Pierre-Luc Dubois wanted to be a hab going forward? Oh, God, no. He is a tremendous player. He is a tremendous player. And I he wanted to be a Montreal Canadian when he was a Columbus Blue Jacket. This is not a new desire for him. In fact, let me throw this out there. No one has said what changed with Dubois why he had to leave Columbus. He had just bought a new apartment here. Everything seemed to be going well. He was the number one center. Everyone thinks it was John Tortorella. There's reasons to believe it was not John Tortorella. Anyways, he was expecting, my opinion, an offer sheet 
from the Canadians. If you remember, Yarmo Kekalainen made two 11th hour trades before the deadline that year, two defensemen out the door to clear cap space. The thing with, with offer sheets is not only do you not want your players signed to one, you have you you want to set off the vibe that you will match it. That's why they talk about it as they do. You don't even want anyone to extend the offer to him because once they extend it to him, it's too late. Now that contract is signed. You want to fend that off at the pass. That's what those trades were, and I believe that's where the relationship changed. I think Dubois thought he was getting out of Columbus on an offer sheet, and that's where it fell apart. So uh, no hesitation for Marin Portsline when I said, should the Canadians go after him? And, and you know, he said, oh, of course they should. Andrew Patterson, should the Montreal Canadians go after Pierre-Luc Dubois? Oh, I, I see, especially considering the long-held notion that that is where he wants to be. Um, I wouldn't have any hesitations. Uh, there. Now, we heard the know, same thing about Jonathan Drewing that he wanted to be a Montreal Canadian. As a matter of fact, we had people whispering in our ear saying, hey, Jonathan wants to be a Montreal Canadian. And by the way, don't believe what you hear coming out of Tampa. You know, yeah. it's all stories. And it didn't work out. And well, we, we also know that when a local player comes home, more often than not, if the local player comes with expectations, <laughs> with expectations come pressure. It doesn't usually work out. I mean, it worked out for Philip Deneau in Montreal, but he didn't come with expectations. No, I, Dubois I, would. I, I, I listen. You, you make great points. I mean, there's a unique and level of pressure. <laughs> You're there's a unique level of pressure, spotlight, and expectation that comes with just playing on the Montreal Canadiens. Never mind being a French Canadian star on the Habs. Never mind going through what Dubois has done now in two spots to finally get there. So if I'm the Montreal Canadiens, would I love to have Dubois in my lineup? Absolutely. I mean, that's the type of a player that they don't have. That is the type of player that can help you win in the playoffs. If of course he is entirely engaged. And I mean, to be honest, Tony, if he ends up in, in Montreal, there will be so much pressure on him personally because of everything that's happened to get him there. Yeah, uh, he'll have no choice but to go out and play his ass off every night, I would think, and be the best, best version of himself. Well, you play your ass off when you don't have a long term deal. But when somebody gives you a six or a seven well, or an eight year deal, guess what? You could take a lot of nights off because chances are you're not going to end up getting traded. You're going to end up playing out your contract. That's a long time. I mean, and we're hearing he wants a long term deal. And you would think that he wants money. Now, before we get to what the next deal would will could be in terms of duration, in terms of money. Also on the sick podcast, a couple of months ago uh, was Kyle Woodleaf, former scout of the Nashville predators. And for the longest time now running the red line report, independent hockey scouting service. Let's flash back to that and hear what Kyle had to say. Choir Pierre-Luc Dubois, if you're the Montreal Canadiens. No, flat out. No. Why not? To this point, after six seasons, he's been a career underachiever for his talent level. He's never scored more than 28 goals in the NHL. He's never scored more than 62 points in the NHL. He's been a focal point of the offense, uh, both in Columbus and in Winnipeg. He's never seemingly satisfied with his situation. And for a team that 
talked all season this year. And, and as soon as Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes came on board about establishing culture, I don't think that's the culture you want to establish. As much as Aaron Portsline didn't hesitate in his answer, Kyle Woodleaf didn't hesitate in his. <laughs> Your thoughts on what Kyle had to say, because it's hard to argue with what he had to say as well. I mean, there's oh. some pretty pertinent information there and some, oh. and some facts. He, he, listen, he, it was all facts. Um, the bottom line is Dubois has not lived up to his potential as of yet in the National Hockey League. And as a Winnipeg Jet, it got off to a really, really slow start. I mean, he struggled miserably in that year after he was traded. He turned it around and had a much better season last year, scoring 28 goals and 60 points. And this year, I think he was actually better. And especially the first half of the year, Tony, he was effective and he was as consistent as we've seen. He, like mm -hmm. the team, fell sort of apart at times in the back end of the season. And, you know, like a, a lot of it, like a lot of the criticism in the Jets is always thrown at Blake Wheeler and at Mark Shifley. These are yeah. the guys that have sort of been the core. They were Maurice's boys. They were the ones that, you know, that ran the show. Yeah. But it was a perfect opportunity for Pierre-Luc Dubois to sort of take over this team, ownership of it, and announce that he was the guy. I can tell you the fan base was ready for that to happen. And he certainly was given the opportunity for Rick Bonus to do that. And, and unfortunately, it didn't happen. And I went back to that example. I mean, we saw the great yeah. and the ugly of Dubois in just a short five-game series. But to Kyle's point, um, all of that is true. From a Habs perspective, though, yeah, you would have to think, and again, this is on the optimistic side and why you would be willing to do this, is that the theory would be that a lot of his disinterest or lack of being engaged was because of his unhappiness with where he was and the fact that he didn't get what he wanted. If he ends up as a Montreal Canadian and he's introduced there as a Bell Centre, as a centerpiece of the future of the Habs with the long-term deal, it's all on him, Tony. Yeah, no, and if but it's all I, on I, him. I understand it, this, but if you have to make a big commitment, look, think about this for a second, okay? For me, Andrew, it comes down to professional and personal pride. If at any point you lost a little bit of interest in where you worked or who you worked for, or the kind of job that you were doing. I trust you enough in terms of professional pride and personal pride that I would think that you weren't mailing it in and you were still giving me your 100%. I know I do. I would bet on you just the same. So because he didn't like either the city or either the coach or either the team or he got fed up, he was somewhat disinterested, had his share of bad games. But now, if he gets traded to where he wants to go, so, you know what, um, Andrew, at one point when you were working Winnipeg Radio, you probably weren't doing that well because you wanted to be working Vancouver Radio instead. Yeah. Or did you give your absolute best every day on Winnipeg Radio? You understand what I'm trying to get at here? There are a lot of red flags, and I'm concerned. Look, I don't need somebody to tell me that Pierre-Luc Dubois is a good hockey player. I know that. I don't need somebody to tell me that he is a, a, you know, a, a specimen and a package. I know that. I don't need somebody to tell me that when he's on, you know what? He, he's a force to be reckoned with. But I also 
know what I know. He wanted out of Columbus. He wanted out of Winnipeg. He's good one night and bad the next. He probably wants a long-term deal. He probably wants a lot of money. And based on the hope that he'll be happy where he's going to go next, and finally it'll all come together, it seems to me too big a risk. Now, I want to bring up his hockey database for a second again. We had it at the beginning of the podcast. Let's bring it back up, HockeyDB.com. You said early on in this conversation, Tony, so far, Pierre-Luc Dubois hasn't played to the potential that was seen in him, and Kyle Woodleaf said the same thing. 17-18 was his first season. 18-19 was his second. 19-20 was his third. Then there's 20-21. Then there's 21-22. Then there's 22-23. He'll be 25 in 12 days. He's been in the National Hockey League for, once again, Six seasons. If he hasn't hit his potential yet, it leads me to believe that this is who he is, or it leads me to believe that there's still one notch more. So, for example, he went from 60 points in 81 games to 63 and 73. It leads me to believe that we're looking at maximum 70 points. By the way, that's nothing to spit at. Not too many players in National Hockey League can pick up 70 points. But what does that translate like to you in terms of years and contract? Well, probably not what he wants, to be perfectly honest. So Nick Suzuki makes $7.875 million. Cole Caulfield makes slightly less at $7.85 million. Suzuki's got seven years left. Caulfield's got an eight-year extension. If you're Kent Hughes and you're hoping that Pierre-Luc Dubois will explode in Montreal because this is where he wants to play, this is the city he wants to live in, this is the jersey he wants to wear, but knowing everything you know, what's the contract you're offering him? Well, the contract... See, it, the Montreal is so unique because that's apparently the place that he wants to go so much. Although we heard in the report of the Athletic when they were going to give the Jets five to six teams with a preference for Montreal, that he might sign for less money with a contender. Well, I don't think Montreal is a contender right now. So does that mean he's going to cost you to want closer to the nine million? I, I, listen, I think the number is probably in and around eight, which is what 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 he'll end up getting. I'm out. on a long term deal. I'm for out for seven eight years. I mean. That's the thing. And here's the difference about that deal from the others, Tony. And we have to remember that you're basically buying all UFA years of Pierre-Luc Dubois' prime as opposed to the Habs signing two very good young players early on, but a number of those are RFA years. But you're asking me what it's going to cost for this next team that acquires Pierre-Luc Dubois? At 8 million, I'm out, Andrew. At 8 million, I'm out. So this guy, let's just say, he just, let's just say old habits are hard to break. And because there's one thing I know about Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki, whether you like them or not, they bring it all the time. And the puck doesn't always go in the net. It doesn't always result in points, but they bring it all the time. It's honest effort all the time. 
if he comes to Montreal and it's not an honest effort, and those two guys start looking at each other saying, well, are you kidding me or what? You're making 7.85. I'm making 7.875. And this guy comes here and he's making more than us. And he's not delivered. Then all of a sudden that culture that you're trying to build here, that, that culture is down the drain, bud. There's there's risk involved with this. And I mean, there is absolutely no doubt, doubt Tony. Um, you know, and, and and listen, we're not talking about a bridge deal. I mean, we're talking. If Paprisson said, "Here's the list of five to six teams, and we want this to be a sign and trade, so we can get the full eight years." This contract is going to be the contract of Pierre Luc Dubois' NHL career. Um, I would say that I, I will grant that I think there's a better chance of Dubois being the best version of himself in Montreal because of everything that we've heard. But I'll also give to you the very chance that this is far from a sure thing. Okay. As talented of a player he is, there's a lot of questions about him and whether wow. he can be that guy. And we're talking about investing eight years at a big, big ticket. Uh, it's a massive decision for the organization. If, if I'm, Never if, mind what they have to give up to get him. If I'm giving a player eight years, $8 million, I have to be 100% convinced. I mean, that player has to bring it every single night. Here's a comment that is coming from someone with a tremendous amount of experience, a comment which came in French, an opinion in French, which I will translate for you, by the way. Uh, here's former Colorado Avalanche coach Bob Hartley last week on BPM Spa Radio en français, on Pierre-Luc Dubois. Well, à son mieux dans moi je regarde toujours là moi je regarde jamais à faire les séries éliminatoires moi mm. je regarde est-ce qu'on peut gagner la coupe Stanley c'est ça le rêve mm. right? donc moi Pierre Luc Dubois pour moi là c'est un joueur sur une équipe de coupe Stanley c'est un joueur de troisième trio deuxième deuxième trio sa force c'est un gros gabarit moi je l'adore puis il y a rien de mal à jouer sur un troisième trio là all right He says, when I look at a player, I don't look at the stats or the name or this or that. The way I look at it is I don't look at it as making the playoffs. I look at it as can a team win a Stanley Cup? And on a team that will be a Stanley Cup winning team, Bob Hartley sees Pierre-Luc Dubois as a third-line player. I'm not so sure I agree with that, by the way. But it's a very, very interesting opinion, which leads me to believe that although Bob can be wrong, <clears throat> he knows a thing or two about a hockey player and their character or lack thereof. And for him to say on a Stanley Cup winning team, he sees Pierre-Luc Dubois on the third line. I can't give him eight years, eight million dollars per year if a guy like Bob Hartley <laughs> sees him on the third line. That's uh, eight years, eight million dollars. You have to see him mm -hmm. on the first line. No questions asked. None, none. First line every game, every night. Yeah. <laughs> like Hartley is right in one in one aspect. If your team is so damn good that Dubois on your third line, you should be able to win a Stanley Cup. Or you should certainly be right there. And Dubois yeah. is the type of player, as I said, when engaged, he can be an absolute difference maker far beyond what most players in his point area can do. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of people that don't necessarily believe in Dubois as a guy that will be with you shift in shift out for all seven games of any series. Yeah. Um, like 
the Winnipeg Jets, let me say this to you, Tony. They wanted nothing more than to bring this guy in, give him the keys, have him be the franchise center as they moved on from Shifley and Wheeler, and given him every single opportunity to be the best player that he could be. Yeah, He was playing with Kyle Connor for the majority of last season. Connor had just come off a 47-goal season. I mean, there was not anything that the organization would not do for him. Heck, his father is an assistant coach with the organization with the Moose. I mean, if they, if there was a way to get him to buy in, this organization would have done it. And a big part of that was, again, I go back to what they gave up to get him. I mean, the pressure this puts on Kevin Sheveldayoff yeah. to, make, to make a deal that is palpable to Winnipeg Jet fans is exponentially bigger because the guy they loved so much, Patrick Line, for reasons that we don't need to get into right now, but internally things pushed him out the door. They chose Wheeler and Shifley and that yeah. group over Patrick Line and brought Dubois in as that guy. Everyone remembers that. And Tony, you know as well, you've covered this league for a long time. You trade a number two pick overall that goes on to have a great career, and you get a guy that immediately wants to walk out and left. The return on that trade will ultimately be what Kevin Sheveldayoff is judged on. Of course, of course. It's a permanent trade. You have to, yeah. There's so much that goes into this right now, which is why I think the Winnipeg Jets were loath to take a subpar offer last summer when they were talking to Montreal about a potential deal, and why from a Jets standpoint, yeah, this this the, this report that Brisson wants eight years. Yeah, it's going to be a sign and trade, and they're going to give a list of five or six teams that he'd go to. I mean, that's great news for Kevin Sheveldayoff, as opposed to I only want to go to Montreal, and we're not even sure whether Montreal's all in on paying the price or the contract for wow. this player. Sign and trade, eight years, five teams. Pick where you want to go. Let's send the, the limousine as well. The stretch, the eight seater. Uh, let's send them to Club Med too, all inclusive, wherever you want to go. <laughs> all right. Uh, I, I heard the Royalton are very, very nice. I've never been. I also heard the same thing about uh, the Planet Hollywoods. All right. Okay. Uh, Marinaro, a shout out to Murphy Clinic. I, hopefully that gets me a trip somewhere, but uh, we'll see. Is an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal, Shop Angus, and the second on the North Shore in Tarban. They're also opening up soon in Quebec City. Visit murphyclinic.ca or on Instagram at murphyclinic. All right, okay, so... Um, so I think we said pretty much everything we have to say, but now I want to take a look at the flip side. So we talked about all the concerns that I have, and now I want to take a look at another angle, which maybe will give Pierre-Luc Dubois the benefit of the doubt. And this angle that I'm going to take a look at with you, Andrew Peterson, is Dustin Bufflin wanted out. <clears throat> Jacob Trubo wanted out. Patrick Liney wanted out. Pierre-Luc Dubois wanted out. With all due respect to Winnipeg, great people. It's not the state of Florida. It's not the state of Texas. And it's not the state of California. It's not Club Med. It's not the Royalty, nor is it Planet Hollywood. It's not an all-inclusive. It gets cold there. Many, many months a year. And there's not much to do. I've never been. This is what I heard. What am I getting at? Pierre-Luc Dubois isn't the first to prefer to play somewhere else. 
And I'm willing to bet, other than Winnipeg, and I'm willing to bet that he won't be the last. Can you somewhat understand that and say, you know what? He's not a guy who wants out everywhere he goes. He just didn't play for the best destination in the league. Well, hopefully he won't be that, but he has been a guy that's wanted out of everywhere that he's been. (laughs) I hear you. We're two for two right now. I know. And and I know you, you threw out some of those other players and I'll just quickly say, tell me the Dustin Bufflin. I mean, Buff, Buff re-signed here in Winnipeg. It wasn't like he got here and wasn't here for a bit and then wanted out. I I mean, he extended with the club. Yeah. Buff, listen, Buff, there's one resident and one resident only of planet Bufflin. And that's Dustin Bufflin. He walked away from like, $14 $14 million or something like that, Tony. I mean, it was bizarre. Yeah. We will just never see that. It, it's hard to, and I don't know whether anyone will ever really know what the heck was going on with Buff and why that all happened. It was a bizarre scenario. Jacob Truba is well-documented. He'd been away from his wife or his girlfriend, now wife for two years. Mm-hmm. She was going to New York to be working in a hospital there. He desperately wanted to be with her and was there till the end. And listen to Jacob Truba's credit played his ass off for the Winnipeg Jets, was a huge part of this team, was a big, big part of the great teams that they had in 18 and 19. He's a real and then, one. Yeah, it, absolutely. He like, was. It's like a truck. <clears throat> and listen, the Patrick Liney is things that st- it still pisses me off and a lot of people off in Winnipeg because Whoa. that was unnecessary for it to happen. He actually really liked Winnipeg. He loved the city. He's a Finnish guy. He fit in, fit in so well. That to me, and I will. Maintain. But they weren't happy that he used to play PlayStation until three thirty. Well, exactly, and that was the way that this team ran. Paul Maurice, as I said, gave the keys to Blake Wheeler, Mark Scheifele. It was their way, and for whatever reason, like when he did get into a slump, I don't think that he had the real support within that room. Yeah, and I think that it was incredibly divided, and I think it got to the point where it was going to go one way or the other, and. They unfortunately, to the majority yeah. of Jet fans, decided, okay, we'll make a move with this player despite his all-world incredible potential. The guy scored yeah. 44 goals as a 19-year-old. I, I, I still, it still, it shocks me. And now where are we? Shifley and Wheeler are done, and they're going to be on the move in all likelihood this summer yeah. as they try to establish a new identity of right. this team. The city, just quickly on the city. Yeah, listen, it's not New York. It's not L.A. It's cold. Um, Prima donnas don't don't last long here. Um, And and to be honest, I don't think the Winnipeg Jets are looking for guys like that. And I think they've learned some lessons with some of the characters that have been through here over the last few years that will help them shape this team going forward. It will be a little bit more lunch bucket. It'll be a little bit more hardworking. It, it, it hopefully this team resembles the people that support this team every night. And some of those guys that you mentioned, frankly, have not been a great uh, right. example Perfect. of what Winnipeg is. So let me ask you this. If I make my way to Winnipeg tomorrow to come visit you and you and I go out for a beverage tomorrow night mm-hmm. and that establishment is absolutely packed and it's packed with Winnipeg Jets fans. And I bring up Pierre-Luc Dubois name. What's the consensus in that bar? What are they saying about him? Oh, they're saying, you know. Are they uh, upset with him? Yeah, they're just done with him. So they're like, saying good riddance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For, the, for the most part. I mean, 
you know, we jokingly, we've got a Dubois. We built a Dubois drama logo for, for our show I saw last it. year. I saw it. It's fantastic. Well, we had to fire it up again this year and add 2023 on because it's sort of something that's been going on for two years. I get a certain point, Tony, and this yeah. Montreal is a very different market. But you know what? We're in Winnipeg. This team, yeah. these fans support this team. You don't want to be there. Fine. Beat it. Like, to me... This it's not like Pierre Luc Dubois was so great. This team was just knocking on the door of the Stanley Cup with him there. I mean, that's the that is the facts about it. We all see the potential. Yeah. And listen, there's a lot of people that were really high on him because he is a big physical two way center. All the things you need to win. Yeah. Well, they didn't win. He seemed disinterested at times. All yeah. we've heard for the last two years is that he wants to be somewhere else. You know what? Fine. This team will be better off without him. But the pressure, again, is on Kevin Chevaldeoff to, to figure it out, okay. to deal with someone that believes in him, that will give him the right value, that will sign him to the eight-year deal, and then he's going to be somebody else's problem. I'm going to put you on the – I'm going to put pressure on you like it's never been put on you before. I'm going to put you on the spot here. You're good at that. Tony. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're Kent Hughes. There's some pressure for you to go after Pierre-Luc Dubois. What's your best offer? My In terms best? of trade. Well, What's I the mean, most you're listen, giving up to acquire his service. Am I am I trying to really get the player, or am I am I at least trying to show everybody uh, that hey, we gave a good offer? Uh, that's <laughs> the question. Do I really want to pursue it, where I'm going to give up maybe a player that I'd rather not give up, or do I want to make a little bit of an effort, knowing that it's not going to be good enough, but at least I showed everyone. I placed the phone call. I did what I had to do. Yeah. If you want to get it done, yeah. Like what is what, going to take to get what's it done? Gonna, what's it going to take, Andrew? Well, I mean, there's a couple things. Um, if the fifth pick was on the t- on the table, I think that gets done for sure. I and highly doubt they're interested. Uh, yeah, yeah. I highly no, doubt no. that that would be of any interest no, in no, them. Although, that. although I will say this, you know, if you've got a center ice position with Suzuki with Dubois. And Kirby Doc. And Doc is the other guy. I mean, yeah. Doc's a younger player. See, what the Winnipeg Jets need is a player under team control or under a contract. They can come in, that they don't have to go through this dance again for a couple years and can allow him to become part of this team, the community, and hopefully keep him there long term. And they need a center. So Doc, Doc is that guy. Now, whether there's a pick involved, I mean, obviously we wouldn't be talking about a first round pick, but maybe there's something else with it. But to me, it, it, the Winnipeg Jets need a center or a top pick in this draft. So either to make it sellable to the fans here or Kirby Doc. Is that what you're saying? Either the fifth pick or Kirby Doc? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, no Kirby, way. Okay, well, I no mean, that, that I think is what. Like, put it this way: and if, sure I have, heck, and if I have a chance to pick up with the fifth pick, Will Smith, I can have Nick Suzuki with Kirby Doc playing right wing if I want. And yep. I can have Will Smith centering Cole Caulfield if I want. And you know what? I'm going to be in a pretty good place for a long time. I'm not guaranteeing a Stanley Cup, but, man, we're going to see some really good hockey at the Bell Center. The season ticket holders and the loge owners are going to be pretty, pretty happy people. A like, fifth pick like, or Kirby Dock? <clears throat> forget it. Put it this way. If you're Kevin Dayoff, uh-huh. it would be so hard to sell to the fans. You know what? We we gave Dubois to where he wanted to go, and we waited all this time, and we yeah. came out of it with Christian Dvorak or uh, Josh Anderson, who they're trying to get out of their contract anyways because of how much they make. Yeah. Or, you know, a secondary prospect. I mean, that that is what would make sense, at least it would be 
You could sell that to the fans. If you're Kevin Dayoff and you don't trade Pierre-Luc Dubois, and what do you do? I mean, Dubois is willing to hold out here. I mean, he's willing to just not, you know, and then what? He's going to go to unrestricted free agency in a year from now? Look, I don't think Dubois wants to skip an entire year. I'll give you no, that. Well. No, no. I mean, and you know what's going to happen as well as I do, Tony. I yeah. mean, the Cup's going to be given out, and the Jets are going to be filing for team-selected arbitration. Yeah. Um, you know, as soon as, they, as soon as they can, just so they have that hammer. Because the one thing that I think people are worried about yeah. Is that, for instance, say they didn't do that and they don't have a deal mm-hmm. and he's susceptible to an offer sheet and the Montreal Canadiens, for instance, go in and sign him to a one-year offer sheet. A, a 2024 first-round pick and a 2024 third-round pick for a team that mm. still has a lot of talent on it, yeah. players that aren't going to be there for another yeah. two or three years, I mean, that doesn't get it done. Yeah, And, and, and while, I mean, you could argue that, uh, you know, the value of a first and a third, this guy was a third overall pick. They traded a second overall pick for him. I mean, it's different than just another guy that has interest in and around the league. I understand that. Benoit Pouliot was drafted fourth, too. Nail Yakupov was drafted first. Yeah, Pavel, well, Brendel, Pavel Brendel was drafted fourth. I mean, it doesn't always translate to the best player well, in the league. They either. traded a guy that had 80 goals as a teenager for him. I hear that. I hear you. So, okay. Hey, how's the podcast world treating you? Because back in the day, once again, you used to work sports talk radio to Winnipeg. And I have to tell you that uh, your situation really opened my eyes. Why? I had, uh, I started you know, dabbling in the podcast world here with the sick podcast with Aniello and Sammy working for them, probably give or take about two and a half years ago. And uh, I was working sports radio, of course, at the same time, full time. And one day I was live on the air in Montreal. And I noticed, I found, I I saw, I came across this on Twitter that the all sports radio station in Vancouver, in Hamilton and in Winnipeg, all three of them closed down within a span of about an hour and a half or whatever it was. And I was like, whoa, like I was bracing for like, what's good? Like, is this happening? Is it going to happen in Montreal while I'm on the air? Am I going to find out that I'm out of a job and we're closing down? And luckily for us and for me, we didn't close down in Montreal and they're still open. And um, but I gave a yellow a call that night and I said, uh, scary times in the, in the world of uh, sports radio, because. Uh, three stations across Canada all just, you know, just closed down today with no notice whatsoever. So were you on the air when it happened? Uh, I wasn't. I was the, I, I hosted the drive show. Uh, okay. um, so I was on from two till six every day. It happened at 11 a.m. So, I mean, the yeah. guys that did the morning show had just finished up. Everyone gets a text message. Hey, uh, there's a conference call, a uh, conference call coming up at 1120. Yeah, uh, we basically put the thing on. Hello, uh, yeah, station's done. HR will be calling you, and and that and that was sort of that. Uh, you know, it was crazy because we had such a uh, a great station. And I mean, listen, I, I don't want to get too much into the people that I used to work for, but it was very clear that they highly underestimated our audience. And at the end of the day, for a big company that's making way more money, killing us on cell phones and cable packages and stuff was very clear that they didn't care about the radio product very much i mean tony in in your years how how much smaller was the building when you left as opposed to five or ten years ago and i don't need to get into details but there's plenty of things that we did when we first went to tsn yeah that had just slowly got chopped 
chop, chop. And really, the product at times suffered. At least some of the unique things that we had built on our own before going there yeah. all of a sudden weren't there. And people noticed that. I heard, so, you're, I heard you're rocking and rolling with the podcast, though. Oh, it, it listen, I, I, I say this while at the same time thinking about many close friends and colleagues that lost jobs then that are doing other things or, you know, maybe in different industries that they would prefer not to. For myself and Michael Remus, who started Winnipeg Sports Talk very shortly after the show went off the air, it's been the best thing that ever happened to us. And it's, yeah. I mean, we have full control over it. No one's telling us what to do. Um, Tony, you, let, you, let you me built, give you an example. You built, you built a following over the years, Andrew. You built a following, a kind of like a cult following, very, very loyal followers, loyal listeners, loyal viewers. You built a brand for yourself. Um uh, you offer you offer great insight. You offer opinions. You do your homework. You're not shy to let your opinions known. You have a very very good delivery. You have some personality, and so they followed you, and well, uh, and that's you it. Well, the other thing, Tony, was the fact like it wasn't like I just left the station and hey, I'm gonna go do my own thing. But it's still there. They just basically pulled the plug. This is a sports city, man. Like much like you guys have, I mean, such incredible followings there in Montreal because of the passion people have there for Les Canadiens and for the other teams in and around it. I mean, Winnipeg obviously is a much smaller market, but I can tell you that the passion for our teams, especially the Jets, after losing them for 15 years, uh, is, is not matched by very many markets. So someone was going to do it. Like you had thousands and thousands of people of which our station was part of their routine every single day. And all of a sudden they were lost. I mean, my Twitter feed every single day was like hundreds of messages going, I don't know what, like, what am I supposed to listen to now? Like there's nothing on our local bid. And, and that told me that there absolutely was the market with, and listen, with all due respect to the AM radio dial, they're not even putting that in new cars anymore. Like I'm pretty sure that we are talented enough in 2023 to be able to take the content that we did on an AM radio dial for other people and do it ourselves, do it in a better way that makes more sense for us utilizing what's basically readily available on the internet. Yeah. You work with a couple of people that know what they're doing and put some hard work into it. And um, you know, the, the sky's the limit. And I look at what you're doing right now, what our friends to Sakaris and Price did coming out of the Vancouver shutdown, what we've got here. Um, it is sort of organically, we now, at least here in Winnipeg, we've got our shows, like we're the daily show. We're there every yeah. day, one to three on YouTube, central time. And then the podcast is up shortly there afterwards. You still do oh, some stuff with my buddy, Dustin Nielsen out of Edmonton. Do you not? Well, Dusty and I, absolutely. I mean, he's yeah. a great friend of mine and we yeah. do, uh, um, like he'll, we will be on each other's shows quite a bit, but we also yeah. do a show called the lock shop. They can uh, follow that on Twitter at lock shop bets or on YouTube at lock shop bets, uh, kind of focused more. I mean, it's sports talk, but it also focuses is on gambling picks, yeah. odds, all of those things. And we've had a great sponsor since we started and that's only grown. And, and the bottom line is so I mean, that's, that's another podcast that you do. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we'll Dustin, do that four or Dustin five is, times a week. Dustin is co-host of the morning show in Edmonton. Is he not? Yeah. Yeah. 
So he's the co-host in Edmonton. Um, he's the hardest radio. working man around, Tony. He's doing that. He's calling yeah. the Elks Rider game last uh, good week. Good for he him. Here in Winnipeg, calling the Bomber Ticat game on Friday. No, but this is pretty cool because he co-hosts the morning show out of Edmonton Sports Radio. And he does a couple of podcasts on the side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, 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 he's, and, and he's allowed to do it, obviously, which is great. Great. That's fantastic. I'm happy for him. Well, hey, you know what? I I, I think. Sounds like a good as, gig. As, well, it, it, I mean, <laughs> hey, I, I think there's a lot of people right Pretty now. Pretty lucky guy. That as they're seeing what's happening with radio. Not everyone has that opportunity, you know. Or, or actually, well, I mean, to be honest with you, that. What what's what's going to be around in two or three years? Like I don't want to I don't want to say the writing's on the wall, but I mean I did live it two years ago here in Winnipeg. Like what happens when these rights deals end up for the other TSN stations? I mean, yeah, what happens I, I, to Ottawa? Yeah, they, they what happens still. to Montreal? What happens to the one thing about Edmonton is a little different. They never had rights fees, and um, I, I hope I hope that nothing happens and they're able to renew. And the friends that I have in the business are still able to stay in the business because they are dream jobs. They're all we've ever dreamt of. Yeah. And you know as well as I do, Andrew, we want to hold on to them as as long as we can. And uh, you know, um Well, what I'm saying, Tony, is the spot that you're in right now and the spot we're in right now. I think if you can get in there and take that following that we built, it wasn't you know, you 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 are there, you have the people tuning into this podcast because you've earned that level of trust and connection with people in Montreal over the years. The same thing with me. And that wasn't just given to us by somebody else, that is earned. And once you get to that point and realize that a lot of the things that were part of what you were doing for whoever you were working before aren't there. Then you start thinking about, well, is there a better way that I can do this? Yeah. We got forced into it, but I'll tell you what, here's the perfect example of it. Tony, two weeks from today, we're going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, doing our show for four straight days at the same time when all the local newspapers here are pulling back and aren't sending their guys. Yeah, the only guys from Winnipeg that are going to be there is one national sports net TV guy and Winnipeg sports talk. And I think that is a perfect that's pretty cool encapsulation of where we are in the business it's right now. Encapsulation. This guy's pulling out words today out of Winnipeg. <laughs> encapsulation. Well, hey, I've only got one language to, to, yeah. to work them in, but uh, and then you know, we heard the terrible news today. Uh, Mark Antoine Godin, one of the best in the business, Sean really Fitzgerald. Is. Yeah, it's, it's more it's people a, from the athletic going. It's a sad I mean, day in our industry where about 20 hardworking people have been relieved of their duties at the athletic. Uh, I believe they've relieved those who are who are just uh, covering the local teams out of the city that they live in, and they're the, the people that they have are going to be a lot more generalized and stuff in what they're going to be covering. It, it really is too bad, but I'm glad to hear that it's really turned out for you and that you're right. Uh, there is there are worse things in life than setting up your own podcast studio, either working for yourself or in my case, working for people like Anello and Sammy who have basically said. We do what we do best. You do what you do best. You leave our stuff to us. We leave your stuff to you. When the light goes on, you talk. You have full creative control. You talk about whatever you want to talk about. This is what you do best. You have total control in that regard. And there's worse things in life than building your own podcast studio. In my case, it's out of my house. I don't have to leave the house. I don't have to wear a fancy suit. I don't have to dress up very nice. I don't have to get in my truck. I don't have to drive. I don't have to waste time. I don't have to spend money on gas. 
I don't have to park my vehicle and spend money on parking. I have my fridge five feet to my right. I have my bathroom eight feet to my right. And I have my bottle of water right next to me right here. And when the show is over, usually give or take at around 11 o'clock at night, one minute later, I can be in my bed with my wife. It's a beautiful thing. And I, my friend, like you, am living the dream. I'm very happy that you and I had a chance to connect because I want to do this more often. I'm going to tell you this, Andrew. There are a lot of people in this beautiful business, which is the podcast world, that are like, I oh, know I want to do myself for my stuff for myself. We need to help each other. And I'm glad that you're on the podcast and you're helping me. And if you ever want me to reciprocate and, you know, it, it's, it's good for both of us. And uh, this way we uh, we grow together. And we can do this as long as we want. At the end of the day, Tony, I think we found out that, you know, there's a lot of really talented people yes. that are, that are, and, and, and I, I would say I am this way and you obviously are this way too. And it's part of the reason why you have the following. You are passionate, hardworking, and authentic. That, that resonates with, with the listeners, the customers at the end of the day. And you know what? As much as it was great to be with Bell yeah. for a long time, we don't need the three letters to make things legit, to make things entertaining. Um, we can do it on our own. And I'll tell you what, we've sort of bet on ourselves in this case. You're doing it. We're seeing it in other spots. People will look back at this time five years, ten years ago, and we'll look at shows like this as being in yeah. some ways pioneering. Because Listen, that is the way that, the, that the, this industry is going. For me, it was the greatest time of my professional life in what was chapter one, and I'm very grateful, and the memories will last a lifetime. This is chapter two and the next greatest time of my life, and I hope to be doing it as long as I was doing chapter one. And I'll reiterate what you said. We have a terrific fan base. I have my sick army. I have my sick community. They are the most loyal fans in the world. I will go out to breakfast with them any day of the week, lunch with them any day of the week, supper with them any day of the week. I've already had several events with them. I promise to have another one sometime soon. I believe I have the best fan base in the world. I'm extremely grateful, and I know you believe the same thing of yours. Thank you so much again for your time, and uh, we'll continue to monitor the Pierre-Luc Dubois situation. Yeah. And the moment it breaks... <laughs> I'm not going to hesitate. I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to give you a call. All right. Yeah, I might already be on the horn to you, my friend. Uh, count on it. Uh, a visit on Winnipeg Sports Talk very soon as yeah. uh, we find out one way or the other what happens with uh, with Dubois. Thanks for having me, Talk Tony. To you this soon. You're very welcome. All right. Thank you very much. All right. The Sick Podcast brought to you by Playground, your premier gaming destination. Brought to you by La Bit at TB. Embrace your true nature. Brought to you by. Energy Transportation Group, recently named by Deloitte and CIBC, one of Canada's best managed companies. And a shout-out to Murphy Clinic, an aesthetic clinic, murphyclinic.ca on Instagram, at murphyclinic. If you enjoyed the podcast, like it, share it with your friends. Tell all your friends to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're now 12,000 strong. 12,000 strong on YouTube alone. You're watching live on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. We put out teasers every now and then, even on Instagram. And if you're going to listen to us on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It's my way of feeling the love. I'm Marinaro, and usually when I talk, I get paid. And ever since I've been podcasting, I've been paid more. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you for watching. We'll be back tomorrow night. Same time, same place for Agnello and Sammy, the two best bosses in the world. And Master Control, they're Cavallaro. I'm Marinaro. I'm Marinaro. Oh, <laughs>
And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.